0: Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr. I am joined with YD. Hi,
1: this is YD. You can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. And
2: Kama.
3: Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr.
0: Uh, Chickie. Hey, this is Chickie. I am Chick on Tumblr. And our guest um, today or tonight is Jen. Hi, I'm Jen,
1: and you can't find me on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking
0: so
2: hard! I know. <laughs> I am um, no one.
0: <laughs> thanks for being on. Um, we're going to cover Game of Thrones Season 5, Episode 3. Um, and as always, we do have spoilers throughout books and show, and there is the potential for rape discussion, so just a trigger warning there off the top. And um before I go into the episode recap, will you all indulge me um, and allow me to brag about meeting Hodor?
2: <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Tell us about it, dude.
0: Okay. So I was uh, uh, at a conference and I was walking into my hotel. Um, I had uh, my sister and my husband with me. We're going into the lobby. And as we're going into the doors, freaking Christian Nairn and dead mouse he was with dead mouse past us and That's as we cool part, <laughs> as we passed oh my them God. my husband turns and he's like do you guys know who that was and we're like yeah Hodor. it was fucking hodor it's like no it's dead mouse he didn't even recognize christian <laughs> oh, okay. dead mouse was who he not, focused how on you not recognize hodor <laughs> right so i like watched him like from the lobby like a creep and he was like having a cigarette with dead mouse and i think he was driving a lamborghini hodor uh not hodor but uh dead mouse was (laughs) anyway so i was like well fuck i can't call him hodor so I, i didn't know his real name i got on my phone i looked up his real name and i just like i timed it i waited until he was coming back and I knew I wanted to get him on the outside of the hotel lobby because it was really dark and a picture would have looked like shit. So I waited and just, just as he was getting into the entrance, I was like, Christian! <laughs> and he it stopped him dead in his tracks. And I was like, so apologetic. I was like, um, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I just get like a picture just really quick? It'll be really quick. I'm sorry. He was so nice. I he can't
2: was... you couldn't remember his name. What? He never so knew it in the fucking like, You know what?
1: Let's <laughs> face it. Is, She's is probably the first person who's called him by his real name since he started playing noodle. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't my sister. Even congratulated me on a good move. She's like, oh, that was such a good move. <laughs> good job. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, like, he's that that excellent. I almost told him about the podcast, but I'm really fucking glad I didn't because I was <laughs> thinking back to it. and I think I like made a dig about him being the only male nudity we've gotten on the show and <laughs> lamenting about it. <laughs> oh,
1: sorry, I do, sorry, I I so do bad remember bad. discussing his prosthetic. Uh, ah, yeah. that's some stage. Yeah.
0: Yes. So anyway, thanks for letting me do that.
2: That's it was awesome. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> Also, yeah, that doesn't happen every day. We gotta talk about it. Yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> That's my brush with Game of Thrones fame. Okay. Let's go to the episode. Uh so we're at the interior of the House of Black and White. Arya is sweeping and hot jack and Hagar is there. He's giving water to uh what I presume is a sick man. Arya uh, doesn't want to sweep floors anymore. She wants to be Jackin's apprentice, and she tells him so. In the temple, they are surrounded by the gods of Westeros, and then Jackin tells Arya there is only one god, death. And uh, the sick guy uh, now appears to be dead on the floor, and he is carried away. Arya asks another trainee, I don't know, or mean girl, I don't know what to call this chick, where is they are the taking wife? him.
3: Wait. Is it the wife? The yeah. Yes. Yeah, I looked in the credits, um, and she's listed as the Waif, which was her official title in the book. So, oh,
0: thank you, the Waif. <laughs> um, and she asks where "They're taking him," and uh, she kind of gets the cold shoulder. Anyway, pretty cool scene.
1: Yeah. So, what's actually happening there is I don't, I don't know. Jack ended up giving the guy water or not, but the guy was definitely drinking from the pool, uh, which is actually a pool of, of water, I assume, that's actually being poisoned. People tend to come to the House of Black and White when they're dying so they can have a painless death.
2: Your hmm. local suicide centre. Yeah, basically. pretty
1: much. Wow. Um, yeah. Anyway, I was just going to say what I, what I really liked about this, and I know some people have talked about finding Aria's scenes a little bit boring so far this season. Really? Yeah, I mean, I like them. I think, especially this one in particular, I like the fact that they're using Aria's point of view, um, to create a real sense of mystery and and unease, I guess, to what's actually going on in the scene. You know, it's dark, there are, (laughs) there are like statues of many gods of death everywhere. We see this man drink from the pool and then he dies. And then Arya goes to speak to Jaqen or, or the kindly man or whoever, whomever he's meant to be. But she doesn't get any real answers and she's left looking a bit like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? And I from, just
2: don't understand how any scene with Jaqen in it could be considered boring. Why like, <laughs> are you crazy, Jen? <laughs> face all day. And then he starts talking and it's like, hello. <laughs> Jen got the
1: tingles. Yeah, I mean, for non-book readers and I mean, even for myself as a book reader it's all very mysterious and really quite ominous I think it's a really brilliant introduction to The Last of Black and White
3: And isn't that, I mean, the whole point of this, I mean, it's it's the sort of the character building work that you get when you start any job most places don't start you out doing you know, whatever the (laughs) high level stuff is and she's got to learn the humility and I thought I mean, it's it's definitely from the books that she has to do this kind of work, but um, later on in the episode, I thought it was sort of a parallel to what we see the High Sparrow doing, that you do this kind of thing that you're supposed to, like, strip away who you are, your identity, so to speak, so that you can serve your god better. Yeah, she's definitely... And I just uh... assume that's what part of that is meant to be and i find her i find it all fascinating i think it's all so well done yeah i wasn't um, bored and it's yeah no it was it's I. straight from i mean a lot of it is straight from the books and it's done in such a way that i mean i'm really drawn into her story so mm-hmm. i don't know why other people find it boring um well, i do like
1: I think it's a matter. I think
2: it's a matter. This is a, this is an issue. This is a continuing issue with both feast and dance, which mm-hmm. is that you know, like everybody talks about. You know, Storm of Swords is is a massive culmination of a lot of storylines that George has been setting up over three books, and that the show set up over three and four. Books. And a lot of those storylines came to a head, and it's like you kind of have to lay new groundwork for new climaxes, basically, and that's what's happening here. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. give it a minute to breathe. I don't know, it's so funny. Critical critical response to this season is so great, but it seems like average viewer response is not that hot. Um, Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I've
1: actually seen... A negative vibe really surrounding Game of Thrones so far this year, at least in fandom, which is funny because it directly contrasts with what most of the media has been saying about the show. Um, I've seen a lot of, (laughs) and us, I've seen a lot of pace for the show so far this season in the media, but yeah, I've seen a lot of fans say that they're finding the show kind of flat and boring and that it's moving too slowly for them, which is exactly as Dickie was just saying, we're really now um focusing on the the feast and dance storylines where we're focusing on the the character moments more than any sort of action and you know, I understand that's not for everyone. It's the kind of thing that I love and I, I love it too. Enjoy it too.
0: Yeah. Those
3: mind... moments...
0: Sorry, go ahead, Carl. Yeah, comma The other first. thing
3: to keep in mind is it's like if you go back and you re watch the as we have, God help us, you rewatch the seasons, I mean the first couple episodes tend to be the sort of groundwork, kind of, you got to figure out who all these people are, set it up. It's only later in the season that you get into the exciting stuff, generally. Hmm. I mean, this is just how TV in this kind of format usually works. You have your big season finale, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Let's move on. Uh, King's Landing. Bells are tolling. You know what that means? There's a wedding. Um, Cersei's in her litter. The people are smiling and yelling, Queen Marjorie. Um, and then we get a shot inside. Marjorie and Tolman are getting hitched. And with uh, very little delay, we learn they consummate their marriage. Tolman seems to be enjoying the sex, and I am barfing in my purse. <laughs> oh,
1: God. Oh, God. Look, I, you know what? I think it's... um. Initial horror notwithstanding, I actually kind of enjoyed the post-coital interplay between <laughs> Tom and March. It's, you know, it's very much how you'd expect a new husband and wife to interact with each other, with them giggling over the novelty of being married and having sex for the first time. But, obviously, it's only genuine what on Tom What century were you born in? Sorry. <laughs> It's only, well, I mean, obviously I'm within the context of, of the show. <laughs> okay, the gotcha. fun thing is, is that it's, it's only genuine on Tommen's part, which makes it far more amusing to watch, because <laughs> Tommen's just, just being such a teenage boy in this scene, and it's so endearing. Yeah. What does he say? He wants to have sex all day, every day for the rest of his life. That's, I mean, oh, pretty gross. true to life.
3: <laughs> yeah. I I, love I mean, yeah, there's no I have... question. Go, Go ahead, ahead I was going to say, I just love that they're sort of having what I would consider almost like first date conversation, which is like, do you like to sail? Oh, I love to sail. You know, it's uh-huh. <laughs> but they're having this in their, you know, their marital bed, so to speak.
1: You know, what was also fun is where Tommen's saying, man, it feels really weird to call myself King Tommen. Does Queen Marjorie sound strange
3: to you? And then
1: March gives him oh, this so- so- awesomely <laughs> sly look and she's like... Ah, yeah, totally. It's not like I say it to myself in the mirror every morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that part a lot, (laughs) too. That was cool. (laughs) Yeah, she played it so well, the pariah.
2: Yeah, and I like how they've managed to get across that, like, Tommen is this really sweet boy. I mean, like, you know, obviously they've aged him up a little bit, but I like that they have managed to get the essence of what Tommen is from the books, which is good. Yeah, Yeah, they do
0: that really well. Mm He seems sweet. Anyway, yeah, they're both uh, agreeing they're going to be so happy together, and uh, we also learn that Olanna Tyrell has returned to Highgarden, and, uh, and then we see Marjorie switch gears and you know say King's Landing's not for everyone, and she asks Tolman if uh, Cersei likes King's Landing, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so we get a, a marvelous display of Marjorie you know working her manipulation of her, her uh, mm-hmm. new her new husband. Uh, sexual than which it's, i
2: like i like that they they did put this in i mean this is a good continuation of how the show has characterized marjorie i guess is the term for it i mean it's good that they're continuing with this and it's definitely as we can see throughout this episode good setup for
0: what's going to go on with cersei and marjorie yeah mm-hmm. um anyway in the next scene uh we have cersei and she's strolling with tolman and uh, he asks her, you know, does she ever miss Casterly Rock? And Cersei tells him, you know, King's Landing is her home, and she's with her family. And uh you can just—I don't know—I think the way I—I picked up when I saw uh, Lena playing this, you could just kind of see the like she smells Marjorie all over these questions. <laughs> like she's not fooled. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, like,
0: yeah. I love that this is such a great
2: callback to so many of these moments where she was manipulating Joffrey in this way on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it was a really it was a really great like her leading questions leading into it and everything, you know, and she thinks she's being so sly and so clever. Well, and the way that Lena played <laughs> yeah. it was so Oh yeah.
1: yeah. That's yeah. it, isn't it? She thinks she's being really clever. I mean this is, yeah, this she is thinks Cersei- she's being
2: super clever.
1: <laughs> this is Cersei trying to play Marjorie's game but not doing it nearly as well as Marjorie. I mean right. so many backhanded oh, book, yeah. compliments. <laughs> you know, Marge is all I adore your mother. She's been so kind to me. She's had a really rough time lately. And Cersei's (laughs) like, yeah, Marjorie's really pretty. She smiles a lot. Do you think she's intelligent? I can't quite tell. (laughs) I mean, it's such a dumb move because Tommen's clearly besotted with Marjorie right now. And and any negativity that Cersei throws her way is just going to backfire on her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she thinks she's being clever, but not so much.
3: And it's interesting. Marjorie is taking, I mean, Tommen, I mean, I think Tommen loves his mother, but he wants to be a man. He doesn't want his mommy to be, you know, holding his hand the whole way. So Marjorie capitalizes on that. Yeah. She sees it, and she capitalizes on it. Absolutely. Cersei doesn't have that, she doesn't seem to get, you know, where she's going to, like, get her her foothold, so to speak. She doesn't have that piece of the, so she went, it, she's falling short in this this sort of little game playing. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I really like this whole, this whole next exchange is gold in my opinion too. We get, um, (laughs) uh, we get Cersei with her, uh, two Lannister guards going to pay Marjorie a visit and, uh, Marjorie is already, you know, getting the word out. She's with all her handmaidens and she's talking about how she's bet at Toman multiple times. And then, uh, when Cersei comes Uh, into the room. I'm sorry.
2: I've got to break it and say, this is just so gross
0: to me. I know that the
2: show is enjoying this, but I mean, like, this is, molestation. I mean, like, there's no way to put it. To I don't know how old Tommen's yeah. supposed to be, but it's just so disgusting that they're, like, well, reveling so in it. it's clearly that he's a teenage boy. It's mm-hmm. like, I ugh. mean, the actor, yes, but the character's clearly not supposed to be this old, and it's just gross. I don't know. I, I've had such well, a hard time. In...
3: If we go, go ahead, back Tom. and we look at Joffrey, who was played by an actor who was clearly older than the kid who's now playing new Tommen, and they held off and held off, and he's not a man until he was, like, 18. And that was like laughable because, you know, he, you know, and I, I think we're supposed to think Tommen is like 14 or 15. I Cause if Sansa is younger. supposed to be 14 or 15, he's younger than her.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh, wasn't Joppa is, 17 when he died on the show? Yeah, I think so. Is that not how yeah. they, they say that? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if Marcella and Marcella has to be younger than Joffrey. No, I, I mean, like,
3: he's older because, um, there, that's referenced in like a previous season and a year's past. So, yeah, I think he's supposed to be 18 when he dies. Are you sure? That sounds pretty old. Yeah, I'm not
1: sure they yeah, talk about think...
3: him being 17 years old in um, season two. Do you remember Jamie at 17? They're comparing Jamie and Joffrey. Oh, hmm. Yeah, they do that.
0: But that's months and months. Sure. That's
3: at least a year in showtime.
0: Anyway, I think and we can, anyway. And Sansa to
3: be, like, 15 years old, so Tommen's probably, like, 13. Yeah. Anyway, so it I, think is we can,
1: kind I think we can all agree it's pretty gross. He's too young. It's He's gross. too yeah, young, it's so and it's gross. really gross. It's, it's rape. Just, <laughs> it is it. rape, but yeah. and
2: it's... You know, I mean, I I know that they think that they're being funny and clever and sure I understand in world how this makes sense, but it's like this isn't cute, guys. Like mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? Well, like I can't I can't get in on the laughter really, I guess. And mm-hmm. it kind of hurts Marjorie's characterization for her to be like laughing and like I know that she's like trying to solidify her spot as queen, but it's like yeah, oh, it's hard to watch. Well, so I mean, to me it wasn't
1: scene. it wasn't really out of character for Marjorie. I mean, I don't see her as a necessarily a, a purely good character. I mean she certainly has that kind of aspect of personality. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, but I mean you could tell last season that Marjorie was uncomfortable with it when she went to visit Tommen in his room that day and she just kissed him on the yeah. nose. Was she so uncomfortable it is- with it or was she doing the slow build? I mean, it was kind of a, it was kind
1: of a flirtation. No, it was I of she like
2: considered. She like, clearly, I felt like she clearly considered kissing him on on the mouth in that shot, and then she decided to kiss Changed him on the nose. I feel I, like it was a choice. I feel like to, she was going for the slow seduction then. But anyway, I I, I don't, I've never gotten oh. that, and so that's why it's so much harder. I feel like it's a little bit of a departure with Marjorie's characterization <laughs> too. But. Then this scene happens, and it's like, why is Cersei going to see Marjorie? Like, on what context? They don't even it really cover it. What's the purpose well, of this scene? The I purpose don't I've, so, I've actually so heard, so heard people perfect. say, I've heard on a people, metal
1: I've heard people suggest that Cersei wants to be seen in public being kind to Marjorie, so that when she does what she does later in the season, she won't be suspected. I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know. This scene was, I mean, look, I love the little wine dig that happened, but beyond that, this scene was a little bit strange for me. It was played in an interesting way by Lena. She's got Cersei seeming really quite vulnerable, like she's barely holding it together, which is quite unusual for Cersei. Um, Unless it's just an
0: act, which I think she could be doing.
3: I think it's also, she's playing against someone. This is the first time she's really had an opponent who's sort of playing a game that she's, not that good at. I mean, you know, this isn't Ned. This isn't Sansa. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't even Tyrion. I mean, this is somebody who's got a different way of doing this, and that sort of subtlety is not working. I mean, I like, okay, here's my, I like the scene on a fan fiction-y kind of level where, in my mind, (laughs) Tommen is like 15 or 16 years old, it's hysterical. I mean the scene and it's incredibly out of character I thought for Cersei. But on a fan fiction level, I enjoyed it. <laughs> the problem is is like we're not. Like I too wondered why is she going to see Marjorie, particularly if she's supposed to be solidifying or trying to solidify her role as Queen Mother or Queen Regent or whatever the hell she's calling herself. You send, you don't go to the opponent's place, you, you make that person come to you. That's like basic. Yeah,
2: but, yeah. I like the weird. theory though that that's, that, that it's because she wants to be seen being friendly. Like that's actually a really good. But experience. I would argue this is very private and not public at all. No, but the cousins were there and yeah, they, know yeah, that but they what would it matter? What and the they guards did? were gossiping. They're Tyrell's. I mean like, I don't and know, her the whole guards thing are to gonna is, do whatever she
3: tells them to do. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what they're trying to do on a meta level, but to me this whole thing just played weird. I, and, and in well, fact, and I felt know, like the, the the actors didn't even know what
3: to
1: well, do. Well, I, I, I love this scene, am I crazy? <laughs> I that was the, honestly I think yeah. that was the aim. I actually... I think that was the aim. I think honestly, that's mostly why it was put in there to just uh, again a little bit more of the softening for Cersei. I can um, see why.
2: I can. I, I mean, like I enjoyed it. It's not that I was like, "Oh, this is horrible to watch." I was just sitting there going, "How? What? How is this working with?" I mean, I know, get I what they're the trying scene, to do. Yeah. I just feel like it was kind of ham fisted and all. I know this is, is the, this is kind of the low point of the episode for mm-hmm. me. I'm never gonna survive. This Cersei. was like no. the season. It's
3: gonna be, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this as fan fiction. This is how I'm going to enjoy the show. This is somebody's <laughs> fan fiction. Like- this is like one of my favorite scenes in this episode.
0: <laughs> I really liked well, it. Okay. I loved watching the back and forth between these two actresses. I love the way they played off each other. I thought some of the lines were hilarious. Like the whole, um, I wish we had wine for you, but it's a little early in the day for us. Like it was so mean girls. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed part of it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we spent a lot of time on it. We're split.
3: <laughs> that's okay. You can like it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, she goes a bit, a, a bit. Uh, Marjorie goes a bit too far with Cersei when she mentions grandmother, and then you know Cersei cuts her off and says, "Remember anything you need." And as Cersei leaves, there's hails of giggles ringing out, and uh, that's the end of it. Um, The next scene, we have a Bolton-occupied Winterfell, and it's under repairs. Theon Reek is in the courtyard watching some newly flayed men being strung up. In the next scene, we learn Ramsay has been a bit overzealous with his tax collecting. Um, Local lords are uh, staying loyal to House Stark and refusing to pay their taxes. Ramsay is flaying them to make them pay up. Roos tells Ramsay they don't have enough men to hold the North. Tywin is dead, and the Lannisters are dealing with that. No Lannister army is coming to help them. And uh, he says the best way to forge a lasting alliance isn't by peeling off a man's skin, it's by marriage. Roos tells Ramsay he's found the perfect girl to solidify their hold on the North. Poor Selsa.
2: Vomit. Vomit. (laughs) Vomit.
3: Vomit.
0: I can't think of a Aside worse from, fate.
3: Yeah, I I did like the scene. I liked. Uh, I love the relationship Bruce has with his son, or doesn't have with his son. I mean, you can tell he's just not terribly impressed with Ramsey, but this <laughs> is what he's got. And <laughs> Don't make him rue just... the
1: day he raped his mother. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: oh <my> God. God. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's a pragmatist in terms of like, okay, all right, no, Ramsey, stop eating, pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> and also that he knows. And it, it's a carryover from season three where, you know, he's always known that the Tywin Lannister... Alliance deal had its limits, and that no one's going to be coming north to help him. That mm-hmm. this is, you know, on them. So,
2: but I think this just highlights—I think what George is highlighting in the books, which is that Ramsey is going to be the Bolton's downfall. Like him not oh, being yeah. able to check Ramsey is going to be the reason the North turns on them completely. And so, I think mm-hmm. that sets okay. us up. Yeah. Yeah. I love how, did anyone notice how robustly healthy Theon is looking? Like, I was expecting to get yeah, at least some approximation yeah. of a book, Reek, like, beat down. He looked really good to me. But he yet? hasn't yeah, he, had a single line in three he, episodes. He hasn't spoken, I know, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I agree with you. It's. Uh, I'm a little torn because I'm, I wasn't particularly looking forward to seeing Reek as he is described no. in the books. But I know, yeah, no, I know what you mean. He certainly looks like, he, he kind of looks like he's just biding his time, really. He's kind of running around Winterfell, <laughs> listening in on conversation. <laughs> Killing yeah, chickens, making
3: yeah. dinner, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but I, mean, I'm, I mean, the book description, honestly, I mean, you all know I've been rereading Dance, and honestly, Reek's chapters are, are the very hardest chapters for me to get through, and it's really, really devastating to read what's happened to him. I mean, what do they yeah. say? He's his hair's falling out, it's turned white, he, like, he's lost most of his teeth, he's really yeah. gaunt, he, oh,
3: yeah. it's awful. Yeah, we didn't get
2: any of that. No.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, probably because they didn't really want to put Alfie Allen through that every single episode. Yeah, of yeah that is. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat <his> hair out.
1: <laughs> well, it's well, the and
3: same that reason that Tyrion still has a nose. I mean. Yeah. 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 Uh, Just practicality. Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, the next scene we have, um, Littlefinger and Sansa they're arriving at Moat Kaelin. Uh Littlefinger tells her he's taking her home. She realizes pretty quickly that he's arranged a marriage for her with the Boltons. She gets very upset and says, "I won't go." Littlefinger tries to calm her by telling her she's not marrying the traitor Roose, but his son Ramsay. Yay! That makes it so much
3: better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, She'd be
3: so much better off with Roose too. Oh. <laughs> Oh. Get, out, get out get out no, I don't in. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean <laughs> yeah oh, no. yeah but she would be but yeah it's no, all gross because so Rambly Literally has say- no self-control and mm. at least Bruce yeah. does and yeah it's
2: yeah, no, Sansa comes on screen this season and I, my heart just like sinks. I'm like, oh, I can't yeah, believe they're doing yeah. this storyline to her. Like I just, every time she comes on screen, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. Like it, oh. like they are
1: so mean to Sansa. Oh, poor soul. Poor Sansa. Seriously, <laughs> seriously though, like in this scene, Sophie Turner broke my heart. Like when, oh, yeah. when, yeah, she when she's putting it together, like, oh, this marriage pact wasn't for you, was it? She's, her face, she looked so distressed. And It was and, such a visceral reaction. Yeah, repulsed. Be, it was like yeah, repulsion yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's really distressing to watch and it actually made me tear up a little bit. Like oh, I just started it, yeah, thinking yeah. this poor kid, like after everything she's been through, you know, um, enduring Joffrey and King's Landing, being forced to marry Tyrion, the death of pretty much her entire family. Yeah. Um, and now she's a wanted fugitive and she's having to flee and and now She's gonna get the grand to- prize of having to marry Ramsey.
2: Well the thing that's uh, and- kind of killing me with this is it's just here, you know, I mean, they have they have pretty well done Sansa's book storyline up to this point, And it's like Sansa has so many sexual predators yeah. in her storyline, oh, yeah. so much yeah. threat of sexual violence. And so here they get a chance to create their own storyline for Sansa, and what do they do? Give her Jane Poole. <laughs> Well, yeah, there. more of the same, <laughs> but worse. It's like, get something original, guys. If you're going to be original, then be original. How about not having a threat of sexual violence for Sansa? How would that be? Why yeah, can't like, Sansa just be in the veil arranging tourneys, like... Yeah. <laughs> Each, <I> mean, <laughs>
1: cats, Riding
0: basket, I mountain really baskets. Get
2: the idea. <laughs> I get the idea of wanting to do something with her. It's just like, does it have to be this? I mean, <laughs> and we'll see throughout this episode how flimsily they try to tie together oh, the terrible rationale yeah the rationale is
1: yeah, oh, yeah. so weak and look i'm it's not weak. i'm actually not suggesting this her in the veil because we all know how slowly that that storyline is progressing but yeah they obviously want to do something with Sansa, and this is what they've come up with and it's it is disappointing it's really disappointing
0: yeah so like what Very the hell is Littlefinger's plan like why is he arranging this i don't oh, that
3: makes a- absolutely no fucking sense um i don't know if you want to go into that now or later but no, i don't good. know what the hell he's <laughs> well,
0: well first wait of all can i just say he talks
3: about this later with bruce but it it's like yes her marriage has not been consummated that does not mean you just get up oh marriage is over it's yeah, not exactly. no, it's not how that works <laughs> That's in a any laser, picture, this, it's This like isn't 21st religion. century Vegas. <laughs> it, it, it's there has to be some authority that says it's annulled, and why they couldn't write that in or whatever, I don't know. Hmm. And I don't understand what he thinks is going to happen here. This is stupid. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, it's um Yeah, it's yeah.
3: So I mean,
1: I've I've read people talk about how you know the master plan might be used trying to. He's going to then go to Stannis until tell Stannis on his side, and then he's going to try and play them off against each other. Nah. I honestly
3: can't think of a, a legitimate theory that makes sense in my mind. All right. Yeah. Renly had no use for Littlefinger. Renly. Can you see Stannis having any use for him either? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, he might might say, to, "I guess Stannis, look, I've got the key to the North. We'll, we'll uh, you can rule yeah. Sansa." But and, you know what's interesting about that is, in dance, Stannis says more than once that he would never make Sansa, ward of the he, North, because she's married
3: to Tyrion. Yeah. He's Lannister. the only one who calls her Lady Lannister, right. and he's yeah. really yeah. quite cutting yeah. about it. I don't know. This is the dumbest. It's fan fiction, so I'm just going with, I am watching televised fan fiction. This is how I'm gonna do it. I gotta say, as
2: much as I hate it, there's something about watching this that I do wanna watch it, which is funny. I'm enjoying watching it even though I hate that they're doing it. It's a weird... (laughs) dichotomy within think, me and I, oh, I have to say with the scene how fucking cool was the shot of Boat Caitlin I mean oh, I yeah. feel like that oh. was pretty stunning
1: I'm not gonna lie I'm I think part of the reason why I'm well, I want to enjoy watching it but I, I'm really curious to see what they're actually planning to do with this and I think part of that is because I can't understand it
0: myself <laughs> morbid just, curiosity what
1: is gonna, right what is actually gonna come out of this, this storyline hmm. Right.
2: Not good things. Nothing. It's not
1: Nothing good things. Bad things. Yeah. Bad,
0: bad things. So you mentioned the fantastic scene of Mo Kalen and looking over, out and over that. And we have Brienne and Podrick enjoying that view. They're on a cliff. And, uh, and, uh, Pod says, you know, like, how do we get through there? And Brienne tells Pod we go around. And he says we'll lose sight. And she says doesn't matter. She knows where they're going. They make camp. Brienne asks Pod how he ended up squaring for the imp. And he, we get a little backstory with Podrick, um, how he was a squire for a drunk knight who borrowed a ham. <laughs> and Tywin was the one who spared him for being hung along with this knight that stole the ham. Um, Brienne thinks it must have been punishment for the both of them. And Pod defends Ty, uh, Tyrion. He, um, said he was always good to me. Brienne says, except for me, sorry you have to squire for such a nasty person. Pod um, then says that she is the best fighter he's ever seen. She beat the Hound, and he's proud to be her squire. <laughs> I just have to squeal a little bit. Oh, that was so sweet. Yeah, Brienne apologizes for always snapping at him. Pod says if she didn't, he'd never learn. He's really making it hard not to like him. <laughs> it's at this point, Brienne decides she's going to make him a fighter. Uh, he builds their fire and then helps her remove her armor. Um, They get talking a bit about Renly. Brienne tells Pod about the ball at Tarth and how all the boys danced with her and whispered sweet words in her ear. And then she realized they were all toying with her, calling her Brienne the beauty. Um, She also realized that she was the ugliest girl alive, a great lumbering Mm. beast. And then this is when Renly came in and uh, he wouldn't let her run away and he called them nasty little shits. And uh, when Pod begins to ask about, you know, Renly being gay, <laughs> Brienne snaps, yes, he liked men, I'm not an idiot. And uh, for Renly's compassion, Brienne served Renly, but she couldn't save him. Not- and then we get the whole line, you know, nothing more hateful than failing to save those you mm-hmm. love. She promises vengeance on a shadow with the face of Stannis Baratheon. The Renly revelation.
3: Okay, are a so Westeros. Yeah. I just- am
2: really happy that we got this much Brienne backstory. Let me yep. just say that right off the, the bat. I mean, I think we've been waiting for, what, three seasons for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Four seasons. Four, four seasons. seasons. She was introduced yeah. in the second season. And I mean, like, this is the first really good juicy bit of backstory we've gotten for her. And that's great. I'm so happy that they included it. And that's where I'll leave my commentary.
1: <laughs> oh, I, know. I know, I know how Chicky feels about this scene. What? Um, I'm going <laughs> to say. Even why fake outrage anyway. I loved it. I loved all of it. It made me cry. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was so touched by this scene. And like Chicky said, I was damn happy to hear some of Brand's backstory. And I don't know. More importantly for me, just to see some of her immense vulnerability. Um, it's something that has been sorely lacking. Um, for Brienne since she was introduced and I'm, I'm really happy for it. And the awesome thing about this scene is not just the way that Gwendolyn Christie played it with that sort of bitter nostalgia. Um, she did that so, so well, but also Daniel Portman's reaction shots were really spot on. Like, and he's sort of playing the part of the the show viewers as well. You can see him kind of enjoying the stories, nodding and smiling away. And then suddenly his face falls, which is pretty much Aww. a reflection of my yeah. face. What my face was doing at the same time, and and also I am very very glad that we got to see Brian and Pod bond. Um, you know, I love how they shared that little laugh at the end when Brian was saying how. Oh, what did she say no one could say anything when Renly was dancing with her because he was a king's brother it was such a
2: sweet little moment i i loved it yeah, me i too. really loved it <laughs> Okay, but what was the point of this scene? Like, I, I mean, I know it's to set up that she's going to eventually kill Stannis, probably. Clearly she's having a Stannis run. That, that is the point. Yeah, That's but, the, I, that, but, like, as J.B. shippers, what's the point of this? As J.B. shippers? I don't know, well, because because she talks about... Like, this is part of my issue with this scene, is where on earth is the Jamie mentioned in all of this? I feel yeah, like Jamie like, is the exception to Jamie has done this so role, much for her. And I don't and understand she just why doesn't he didn't talk about. Yeah like, yeah, like, I don't get I, that I don't at either. All. I It's like, it's weird. I'm yeah, it happy is happy to have, Yeah, I would have been
1: more happy well, to how it, Jamie. How would you, well, I, I think the point of this scene is, and it's what we were, we touched on earlier, is, um, it's just bringing Feast, I guess, into the storyline. So this is a, a character moment. It's not really propelling anything forward other than, as you say, I'm damn sure we're getting a Brienne and Stannis uh, run in, um, Yeah, this, I know we're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, <laughs> the, all I, mean, I like don't to, know
3: it, I strongly, I strongly, Feel it, yeah. Well, All good.
1: signs point good. to a confrontation at or near Winterfell for me. And, you know, I mean, the loaded dialogue about failing to protect the ones you love. And then yeah. um, Brienne, was it last last episode where Brienne repeats that story to Sansa about how Relian was killed um, by a shadow of, with, the, yeah, with the face of Stannis. And even, you know, that little video extra we got, I think it was on the Season 3 DVD that was narrated by Gwendolyn Christie, and she talks about the Stormlands. And I think she mentions in that that she hasn't forgotten about Stannis. Um, So clearly
2: Brienne and Stannis is on for this season. You guys are on the ball. That was my question. could be next. <laughs> could be next season. It could yeah. be next season, but definitely they're going to go there. I mean, that's obvious. as well, can be look. I'm so just... now that now that I've let YD just wax prosodic about the scene, here's my <laughs> issue. Here's ah. my biggest issue. I agree that they're trying to show some of her vulnerability, but I just didn't feel a ton of it. I, you know, part of this is that the, the you didn't show, like Brienne, her snarkies. Number one, I didn't like that she was so passive-aggressive with Pod. She had that line, and this is so funny, because I'm such a big defender of show, this is a really big departure for me. Um, she had that line with Pod where she was like, Oh yeah, well, all your other lords were nice too, except for me, right? And it yeah, was just was like a weird such line. a kind of
1: I didn't itchy, that of passive stuff.
2: aggressive line. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that's in character for any iteration of Brienne.
0: That's just not really how she right. operates. It I was think. kind of mopey. And, it was mopey and weird. Like yeah. it, was, mm-hmm. it
2: was. It was. Bitter. And then bitter. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it she, was she gets
3: into like very bitter.
2: Yeah, she gets into her backstory, and I'm, I'm like, believe me, I am thrilled that it's there, and. I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not happy that this scene exists. I certainly am.
3: Yeah.
2: But I didn't feel her vulnerability in it. I feel like she was very much like, oh, it was this silly thing. And, like, of course, the fact that she's telling the story should reveal some vulnerability, but and here's where I'm really going to get in trouble. I feel like Gwen just didn't convey that to me. I oh, did man. not feel a vulnerable <laughs> bed I, bed I, bed. I, I felt it. Bed. I felt, I like felt it, was, it deeply. woman who was just mm-hmm. kind of like, like, oh, like, oh, they were idiots. I didn't realize it then, but Renly helped yeah. me realize it. Then, on top of that, they completely erased the fact that she, number one, has no idea that Renly was gay in the books and was completely and utterly in love with him. And I feel like they kind of shoved that aside in a way. I mean, they had her say the line about loving him, but it's like, if she knew he was gay, how in love with him could she have been? Um, I think like they kind of, I well, think I they're
1: sorry. Setting- like, I feel like, I, think sorry, I, I feel like, you know, we know the that- Brienne didn't know that Renly was gay. And I've seen people argue that neither does show Brienne because, you know, she has that little interaction with Jamie about foul rumours. But, you know, I don't think it was inconsistent with show canon. I mean, (laughs) just because Brienne argued with Jamie for suggesting Renly was gay doesn't necessarily mean she didn't know that it was true. And I don't know. I feel like it would be a fairly poor indictment on show Brienne's character, who is much older than book Brienne, if she didn't realise that Renly wasn't... Into the ladies after spending so much, oh I yeah, imagine. I really don't
2: have it. I don't have an issue with with showbrien knowing that he was gay. It's just the issue of, okay, but she should have gone ahead and said, but I was madly in love with him anyway, and instead yeah. she kind of sidestepped it into an almost a friendship type love. It yeah. wasn't clear that it was a romantic love that she felt re- for Renly and I feel like that's such an important part of her character, and I feel like the show had previously tried to play that up, and yet here it feels like they're kind of trying to drop it. I don't know, it was weird. Hmm. I
3: think what what's happening is they're coming in from a modern perspective. A modern person in America today, or most, most countries would be, oh, he's gay, he's off the table. You know, we would just think that. We accept that. But it's not, I mean, she's not, she's in a medieval world where they're certainly not gonna have in-depth understanding or even Acceptance. Well, in depth understanding of sexual orientation. I mean so it it rang a little false that she's got this very modern attitude towards this whole thing with this friendship love Mm. business. I think that was one of the problems. The other problem, honestly, and I love Gwendolyn Christie, I really do. But I have not I did not really feel I think she should have been going I I don't think she did as good a job in the scene as she could have.
2: Hmm. Let's I be real. Gwen does best against Nikolai. Like, like, <laughs> oh, like, she just does the best Brienne against his gene. Oh, That's only trying to like, really feel like she's Brienne. You
1: should write a letter to the writers. <laughs> clearly from now on, Gwendolyn has to play all her scenes opposite Nikolai. <laughs> yes.
0: And I don't know. I gender. was, I kind of with YD on this one. I told, it, um, it got me right in the feels. I felt the vulnerability her, when she was telling oh, that God. story and, yeah, I connected it with it. Uh, that's just me. Okay. Uh, let's move on. We've been on this one a while. Uh, so we're going to go to Stannis and John at the wall. Um, Davos is with Stannis also, I should mention. Um, Stannis wants Ollie to leave, but we learn he's been made John Stewart. Um, John once again refuses Stannis's offer. He's, uh, you know, his place is now at the Wall. He's the Lord Commander. Stannis calls him an on- as honorable as Ned, which got him killed. And uh, John asks him, this part is funny. How long do you plan to stay? And uh, Stannis replies, bored of us already and uh, (laughs) they're just eating too much. Stannis tells Jon they march on Winterfell in a fortnight, fourteen days. Stannis leaves the wildlings to Jon. Stannis gets sets to leave, and then he gives Jon some uh, parting advice, you know, send Alistair to Eastwatch. Stannis leaves, and Davos stays behind, and uh, he says he sees something in you. Davos asks Ollie how the Night's Watch vows goes again, and Davos stops him at the part with the shield that guards the realms of men. And uh, he, sa- he says the best way to help people might not be sitting in a frozen castle at the edge of the world. And as long as the Boltons rule the North, the North will suffer when Davos' sleeps.
1: Can we that's- just have a show that's entirely comprised of status and John scenes?
3: Yeah, <laughs> oh my like God!
1: How good was this little interplay between <laughs> them? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. firstly, it was really reminiscent of their interactions with the books, with John being all yeah. stoic and honourable, and Stannis being all delightfully deadpan and snarky. Like, They're what was that? Bringing this like?
3: humour back, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I've heard it's best to yeah, keep yeah, your finally.
1: enemies close. Whoever said that didn't have many enemies. Oh, <laughs> that was such a good such a great, Oh yeah. God, I love it. And I love how Stannis was really trying to help John out. Like, he was reminding oh. him that. You know, most of his men hate the wildlings. He's got a lot of enemies around him, and he's
2: trying to give him right. advice. Yeah. yeah. They both try to give each other advice. They that's it. They both want true. to give each other advice. That's They're both it. like, you know, you should be smarter. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: It's so
3: like,
2: great, because you can tell that yeah. Stannis
1: has really grown fond of John and his wife. has also grown fond of Stannis, and there's this kind of grudging respect between the two. It's so much fun to
2: watch. I just love it. Yeah,
3: well, also, and they
2: actually listen to one another. They like do, the yeah.
3: They do. <laughs> Did you all notice love- Chekhov's potato boy? He, every time that oh at wild God, beans, guys, he gets so shifty. Silly. Oh, God. I swear
1: to God, if that kid, that kid ends up stabbing John, <laughs> then it's <he's> going to riot. <laughs> it seems a little
3: heavy-handed. Honest,
0: like, that's gonna yes, last week oh on my oh my God. God. A show that's done so much two. in
3: the way of subtlety. Oh, my oh, God. That God. would really be terrible.
2: Li- I mean, oh. I really
3: like this. Okay, song, kill is
2: awesome, Mrs. Set. Like, Ollie is satin, so I'm like, oh, this is a bummer. I don't want this to happen. Oh, God.
3: Well, okay. if he killed you, Grit, if you introduce yeah. a character... No, I'm I'm calling him Chekhov's potato boy. That is his name from now on. Oh.
1: So <laughs> oh. okay. Gonna go the
3: other off, he's gonna say... kill John.
2: Yeah, he might. The other thing we gotta say about this scene is... Davos-John interaction
1: Davos. is oh everything I it's never such, knew I it wanted. It is fanfic. Oh. Yeah, I've <laughs> always loved it. Oh, God. Did anyone else that <laughs> it was almost like a lover apologizing for or explaining his lover's actions? Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> but yeah. that's always Davos. Davos is always apologizing yeah. for Stannis. So like, Davos is, is in love with Stannis, it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's accurate. It's a dream, a I just love John in this scene. I mean, well, we've established I'm a John stand, but like, I love, I love how he's just like, I can't do it. I have wanted it my whole life, but I, I've already said my vow. Like, I love that they're establishing that from the beginning. And I loved how well Kit was playing the oh, the yeah. Lord yeah. Commander. I've already, like, I could tell a difference in his bearing in this episode already. Yeah. I was like, oh damn, that's Kid good. He is
1: doing an incredible acting job this season. Like, yeah. I think now that he's got more to play with, <laughs> you know, we're getting to see at least, you know, two or three facial expressions, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. <laughs> I think he. I'm. I'm
0: liking Kit this season. Well, to be fair, it's not like a broad <laughs> range, but yeah, he is doing better. <laughs> but he's not, you know.
1: <laughs> Sonny's is never going to entirely love Kit. No,
0: or. I'm not. <laughs> Are we good? Can we move on to the next scene? Sure. Okay. Um sure. So we have Arya and the Waif in the. Is it the Waif or the wait? I forgot already. (laughs) The
3: Waif. The Waif. The (laughs) Waif.
0: In the House of Black and White. Um, They have a chat. She wants to know who Arya is. The girl whacks Arya around with her stick. And uh, Jacken interrupts. And, you know, she says she's not ready. Arya protests that she is ready for whatever it is that they are. Uh, He points out she has all of Arya Stark's things. A man wonders how no one came to be surrounded by Arya Stark's things. And then the next shot is of Arya um, bundling up all her stuff and throwing it into the water. And I just thought, oh man, she must have been so happy to get rid of those clothes. <laughs> Maisie Williams. <laughs>
2: That is the first thing. Is Maisie complains about her wardrobe more than anything else. I was like, I bet she was so glad to throw that into the water. Like, so long. (laughs) You know what,
1: guys? I was so disappointed that Arya didn't throw a needle into the river and hit a steel-rowing dendry. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I, you know what I liked about this scene when Ari is sort of getting rid of all of all her belongings or most of them, is that it was set during I don't know if it was sunrise or sunset, but you know it's a transitional stages of the day, so it's sort of like Arya's is making her own transition, and obviously it's it's happening over water too, which we all know signifies rebirth. I like those. I mean, I don't know if that was the intention, but you know what? I'm going to take it. I like it. reading a little too <laughs> deep love into these deep. guys.
2: I love when these-
1: yeah, yeah, maybe exactly just, because it it's amazing. like,
2: you know, because so I've good. read the books, I'm, like, sitting there, it's like, Needle is Winterfell, and it's like, I'm, like, tearing yeah. up, I'm like, come on, I'm like, the way oh, she played that was so good, like, oh, I was yeah. crying. I, I was sitting there thinking, Needle is God.
1: Needle is Oh, kill <laughs> me! Yeah. I just felt that Needle is the most important thing to her, and it was written all over her face, like, she doesn't care about her money or her other possessions, just the sword that John gave her, it's like the last tangible reminder of her family. Oh, uh, yeah, mm. that's all she's got. And her, you're right, her
0: her face, her acting is the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's a good spot she to move on down. to because she holds on to Needle. She can't throw it away, and she hides it into a pile of rocks on the shore. And then after that, she returns to sweeping. And I guess her actions get her promoted to dead body washing. <laughs> she oh, asks God. what they do um, after they wash them, and uh, the waif doesn't answer her. That's the end of that.
1: Ari is about to learn exactly how Jackin got his new face. Let's yeah, just... <laughs> are they gonna do
2: the face changing thing? Oh, yeah, they gotta do. It. Are they gonna get Surely. Sure. Man, I don't know. Man, I like, I'm like. i like actually excited to see what the show will do with this story I feel line. like we're on accelerated speed with Arya's storyline. I feel like we're mm-hmm. definitely going to wrap into her team. Well, up no, up. we're getting the Mercy chapter. Mercy, that yeah, are yeah. getting into Mercy, yeah. Yeah, I swear that's why George released that chapter, is because he wanted his version out there first. Like, yeah. yeah. We're getting into Mercy. Yeah. I still wouldn't be surprised if she's on a boat back to West Coast. Oh, Earth's I, I think With Gendry.
0: Yeah, <laughs> everyone oh, who reads the Mercy
2: chapter is like, oh no, she's just going back to the house of black and white. But I read the Mercy chapter and I'm like, no, she's, yeah, she's yeah. gotta leave. She's Yeah, the, yeah like she can't she's stay with yeah, them. Yeah, she's, she's got, got people to murder.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, does. she's broken the rules. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. So
2: I'm excited for this season. Oh god. I'm oh, yeah, so excited. Oh, Especially bad. after that scene. Maisie was
0: killing it. Yeah. She's so good. Alright, the next scene we have Sansa and Littlefinger arriving at Winterfell. Um Bruce welcomes her and um Kama is screaming internally, I'm sure. <laughs> Yes, yes, <laughs> Sansa is pleasant and manages a curtsy. Um, he introduces her to Ramsay, and I uh, kind of get the shot of Miranda. She does not look pleased. Sansa is mm. taken to her room, and um, this elderly woman says, welcome home, Lady Stark, and then she adds a little, the North remembers. It's like, yes! Oh, that's man.
1: so that badass. I gave <laughs> you full-on goosebumps when I heard yeah. that.
2: Oh, God.
3: I... So- Apparently everybody knows she's Sansa Stark, so I don't know why she's going to, I hope she's going to dye her hair back, because this is just, (laughs) one knows it, I don't understand the need for the subterfuge, Mm -hmm. I thought it was initially when I, when we were getting rumors that this might be happening, this, you know, Sansa going to Winterfell, I thought they were going to call her Elaine or something, or Arya, but... No, it's Sansa, and everybody knows who she is.
2: I
1: don't know, maybe she should keep the dark hair, because it sounds like she's going to get even darker this season. <laughs> yes,
3: yes. I, I liked the little interchange. I liked how McElhatton ha- played it, and I liked how Turner played it, and you can see the growth. Oh, I mean, okay. Sansa, it's, it's the sort of like, she's been having to do this sucking up and, you know, curtsying to people who've been murdering her family for quite a while, but, you know, she's now doing it kind of like, like a game player rather yeah. than a victim. Yeah,
2: I really but love you know, that. For me, who killed it in this scene is Iwan Ran. I, I uh, was so oh, I, blown away by Ram the way team. that he played it. Well, I mean, like <laughs> he was clearly so pleased, yeah. and he played it almost and, like, like a you goofy can tell, kid. tell that he like can't wait. He was was like a little to see him. He was like, was like creepy, so a little puppy dog at first. Yeah, this this Oh yeah, you know, it's, it's gonna be hard to watch. But I've been telling of, Chicky, I'm like, I don't know if I can watch their wedding night. Like, I just oh, don't think I can. Go. Like, I, it's I gonna be so bad. I mean,
1: if you had issues with Toman and Marge, I can guarantee you this is gonna be uh, dick. Like, and like the fact that
2: Alfie Allen has talked about a scene that like really oh, was hard for him. Like, god, oh let my it not god, be god. That. it's oh. gonna be that.
3: It's gonna be no, it is, and I think I know people have said, oh well, Sophie Turner said the most right stressful thing no. she did was a six. No out of a ten, and I think I go back to what they said about her in season two, how mm-hmm. she did that attempted rape scene mm-hmm. without any qualms whatsoever, and the thing that threw her was when she had to yeah. sing a weapon. Yeah. So God only knows what they're going to do, and if I there's a dog, that. I'm just going to run. I mean, I... I would <laughs> no, like
2: to know. think... I would, no
3: dog. Ugh.
1: Yeah, I would like to think that they wouldn't go that far, and yet... Well, they I, did actually...
0: <laughs> they did actually <laughs> amp up that whole dog kennel thing in like last season i'm just saying i'm just saying
2: literally i'm teaching that every time she comes on screen i'm like oh god sansa
0: somebody save sansa get there already would you fucking get there and save (laughs) (laughs) salsa all right let's move on uh john is in the common hall uh he announces to the men that they need a new latrine captain there's a tense moment while Alistair glares at John, and uh, then John announces, Hey Brian, seems like a good job for a ginger, and the laughter erupts. <laughs> hey,
2: that's so racist against ginger. offended
0: right now. I know, that's why I make sure I put that line in. Uh, John calls. <laughs> John calls, um, Sir Alicer and he says, you've proven your valor. And, um, he names him First Ranger. And there's a little bit of applause for that. And then Janice is given Greyguard. And Janice feels slighted, tells John he was, you know, in charge of, uh, the defense of King's Landing when John was still in his swaddling clothes. And he says, keep your rune. John tells him it was a command, not an offer. Uh, Janice refuses. And he tells them to stick your order up your bastard ass. John asks for Janice to be taken outside. Ollie, get my sword. <laughs> I've, God, I love this scene. Uh, Janice talks smack all the way to the block. Stannis watches him from the side as John unsheaths Longclaw. John asks for Slint's last words, and you get a whimpering Slint, and uh, he starts to apologize. He begs for mercy. He cries. <laughs> you know, John uh, removes his fucking head, and like the whole time oh, I was God watching no. this,
1: this my- yeah. I was like, yeah. "I want to marry this seed and
2: have its baby." Oh, like, <laughs> this is the best John chapter ever because it's oh, like yeah. you see John realizing. Like I love because in the in the books he says that you know, Janice has to be gone by the morning and he goes mm-hmm. for like in there for breakfast and Janice is still there. And he and like he goes through this th- and he goes through the well, he rolls door, up like, with his posse. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like he's like, Okay, I'm gonna have to beat him and then like they get outside and Janice is still like, I'm not going, I'm not going and he's like, <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna have to tie him to a horse and take him. And then like Janice like, keeps going and then finally he's like, Ed, fetch me a block. Like and mm-hmm. just like it's oh, yeah, epic I'm, scene hmm. ever. You I love that scene in the book thing. is that Sorry go ahead Chica I really feel like they caught most of the spirit of this. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, in a faster way than yeah. I mean, they couldn't do yeah. it. Oh, they, they could do it without seeing inside no, his head. But, like, no. the way that Kit played it, like, oh, yeah. it was so, I'm like, oh, Janice Lint. It's like, it's just perfect. Like, the way he started, like, crying. He's like, I'm And gonna they've, been, they've been setting up Janice Lint really well yeah. for this, too, on the show. <laughs> I, this, this is this is primo Game of Thrones right this here. Is, this is as good is, as it gets. This is Game of Thrones finally giving me the John I want.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, you know what, like, I, I know people are going to be complaining about the lack of Ed fetch me a block line Um, because in the book, if I think I'm recalling this correctly, it has a little bit of extra significance because John was initially going to execute Janice by hanging him off the wall, I think. And then yeah, I think yeah. he, he sort of, you can tell he's thinking about Ned and he decides he should execute him himself like his dad would have done. So he's like, oh, yeah. no, wait, Ed, Ed fetch me a block. But, <laughs> this okay, one's for you, pops. pops. Yeah, not a huge deal to me. I mean, it doesn't matter. No. Me. But well, I like, like that. Oh, you Sorry, ahead,
2: Janice. I, I like that Janice reminds the audience that he was in charge of of uh, the gold cloaks. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, when when Ned got taken, it's like. You might, if you were a casual show watcher, you might not know that, but like, it's like this really great moment of like, oh, you're getting revenge for Ned, actually, and it's ugh. yeah. And I continue to say, I'm pretty sure that Ed, in fact, did fetch the block. the block. No, they he, did. Yeah. he did. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I wish he would have gotten the line, but I understand. I feel like it wouldn't have even fit with the way that they did no, it. No, but the it, way yeah. he did it, where he was like, oh, oh yeah. he fetched me my sword. It worked, and the way the oh, kids it, delivered it, I like, yeah. You know what is? Oh
1: god, I'm just loving John so much this season, and. I'm a huge fan of the you-know-nothing Jon Snow motif of the books. Like, this is something the show's doing so well right now because the great thing about Jon is that he knows his limitations as a leader. Like, he knows he still has plenty to learn. Or does he? And he's willing to take counsel from others, like we've we seen with Stannis, you know. But he's also willing to make his own decisions. So you see him in this scene, first with Alistair um, and his... He's just come from that talk with Stannis, where Stannis is telling Jon, you know, you're surrounded by enemies, maybe you should send some of them away. But Jon decides, you know, oh, you know, so Alistair is is really skilled, I'm going to make him First Ranger instead, which I loved. I loved that John's a high road. Yeah, it's a smart a, move, yeah. As a group you should, and it's something that hopefully will garner some goodwill amongst his enemies there. But then John also clearly realises that Janos is a a big problem for him. So he he decides that what Stannis said, you know, he might be right in sending some of his enemies away. So, yeah, I just, I love that, you know. I don't think that's going to last. (laughs) John might not know a huge amount, but he's learning. And more importantly, he's willing to learn. Like, he's willing to grow and adapt, and he generally wants to do right by his people. Well,
2: this, yeah, this is why I'm a John Stan, is, like, he learns. Like, he, like, adapts and he, like, listens to people and he...
3: Yeah, I mean, that's why I love him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But isn't this all going to, I mean, isn't this part of what plagues him in dance? Is he's got all these great ideas, and he's putting them, he's basically, because he's in charge, he's getting them done, but he's oblivious to how these are all he's-
2: yeah, he's dealing with small-minded people. Is basically oh,
3: it? I mean, yeah. well, it's just, not even small-minded people. It's just you have to when you are in a leadership position, you have to be respectful of the people under you, and you have to be able to sell these decisions. It's not just. I mean, yeah. that whole he, idea yeah. of killing the boy to let the man be born—that you know, it's like no, there's stuff in here he's missing. Because he's well, a teenager. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, don't think, think, he's, I don't think a think lot think he's of it is. Like, is so. Yeah,
2: I think I know that there's a, a kind of movement in fandom that oh, John makes all these huge mistakes and oh, isn't paying attention. I agree I that he's them. not. He's not seeing how poorly some of what he's trying to do is being received. But I mean, I think what? John overwhelmingly does the right thing. It's like yeah. what what could yeah, you make it, in the situation? It's that that just be- John. John-
1: This is John dealing with some really tough choices. And you know what? He's not oblivious. This is something that in his internal monologue, he constantly struggles with and mulls over, over and over again. Like the thing with the wildlings. He's like, oh, is this the right choice? Oh, the men are going to hate it, but what else can I do? I mean, he's being a good leader. He's making the tough decisions. He's got to choose something. And he's doing what he thinks is best, even though he knows it may
2: not sit well with everyone. Well, and the thing that John understands that so many of these really close minded people in the Night's Watch don't understand like Marsh. is that this is what it's gonna take for them to survive this. Well and they just seem well, I, I think that they're gonna play that up in in, in the upcoming episodes yeah. where they, he tries to get the wildlings on his side. Like it's it's literally like if if they're not on our side, they're our enemies. They're gonna be dead yeah. and they're gonna be coming at us. Like, John understands, understands this, this. And, and there are these people who just can't seem to understand it. It doesn't make John wrong. He knows exactly what's going exactly. on. No,
3: it has nothing to do with his actions. I'm not disagreeing. I think the things he's trying to do are quite brilliant. The problem is, is that it doesn't matter if you have small-minded people or you have to sell what you're doing. Part of a leader's job is to persuade them that you're, you know, that you're doing the right thing and you have to get buy-in from the that's people true. you lead. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a that's political idea. That's, well, idea. that's an idea of a politician wrong. that you have to But sell no, people but the thing is, is John can But he to is people a politician. He's a leader. And that's, you're dealing yeah. with people. Politics but the, is about leading people. What
2: this, this, what this comes down to is John has a chip on his shoulder about lords who think that they're important just because they were born as lords. And so John can communicate and be a politician to people like the wildlings who like don't Hold to that, but he really struggles with, and, and you know, Stannis doesn't hold to that because obviously with the Davos thing, so it's like Yeah, d- the place that John struggles is with people who are stuck in the past. Yes, exactly. Because he, he can't identify with it he because he has such a clear yeah. grasp of what's actually going on. But I like how the show is portraying that like,
3: well, they're, and they're
2: building up the betrayal. Is and um, I kind on. of appreciate that the show is clearly taking the view that I take of, of the eventual situation that John's going to mm-hmm. run into, which is He's just dealing with small-minded people. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is. And, and it really isn't yeah. that he's making the wrong moves. It's just that people aren't understanding the moves. Okay, but yeah.
1: guys, can we quickly just mention the status not of approval? <laughs> yes. I Thank sorry, you. Oh, my God. I was so <laughs> happy that made it into the show. But you know what? I've got to ask. I don't know if – I should have gone back and re but I was just thinking, like, they all come out of the – wherever they were having the meeting. But status, I don't think, was in there. He seems to be no. standing no. somewhere across no, from it, it, where it's yeah. happening. So I'm wondering, like – He's basically What's endorsing this? John chopping off Janice's head without <laughs> actually knowing Seriously. the reason behind it. Like, I mean, if you know
0: Janice Slint at all, John- you're just like, yeah, <laughs> I understand.
1: Janice <laughs> oh, knows, John's just indiscriminately re- killing people now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. yeah, I, I like, love yeah, the yeah, nod. Yeah. Oh, God, the nod. I'm so, so glad it made it in. And yes. obviously, yeah. Steve, Delane did it perfectly. It was just this really slight, <laughs> yes, I'm with you, John. Good job. Oh, God. Yeah. kill the boy. Kill the boy. Yeah. Kill the boy. It was it was awesome. boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, you know, sorry, just briefly, because I know we've discussed this, but you know how they mention, uh, oh, God, was it this scene where they, yeah, they. um Sam says... Maester Eamon's not there because he's ill. Are you guys also thinking that Eamon's going to be dying? Oh, wait, yeah, I think, yeah.
2: Sir. I think it's going to be episode five because oh, that, that is titled Kill the Boy yeah, and that's, oh, that's five.
0: So fine. I feel
1: like
2: it's
0: going
1: to be five. Egg, I dreamed I was old. Oh, God. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a coming. Okay, let's see. Uh, we're going to go to Littlefinger's Whorehouse because we all love that place. <laughs> we have a scene with the High Septon. Uh, he's selecting whores who are cosplaying as the Seven. Well, the six, because uh, <laughs> oh, the, the guy is the father. That's anyway, he is wow. so totally
1: <laughs> accepted into religious role play. Like he can't just take people <laughs> in the office.
0: <laughs> this is super taboo. This is really what gets him going. Anyway,
3: yeah.
0: um, I don't know. I thought it was um, well. Them. after he you know picks his whores, we kind of get these sparrows coming in and they uh, you know slap all all over around and then they drag out the high Septon into the streets and make him walk bare ass so you know it's obviously it's setting up what what this <laughs> the, premium, form yeah, of punishment is yeah I mean it's a good way to do it for uh, show show watchers. Yeah, and, yeah. Then and the I
2: ne- like that they're throwing Lancel into this so that he feels kind of like yeah. a, a real leader in the movement and everything, that's <sighs> smart.
1: That's, he really has that religious fanaticism, scariness down. Crazy,
2: guy, yeah. 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 Eugene, Eugene Simon oh, is great. He's, yeah, he's I mean, we so got to say, this season so far, primo, he's so good.
1: Yeah, he's good with the comic stuff and also the, the more dramatic stuff. I've really been impressed with him so far. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So the next scene we have the Small Council and uh, it's a meeting with Lord Tyrell, Pycelle, Cersei, and it doesn't matter, Kyburn. <laughs> the High Septon Dude, is... And
2: you're not joking when you say Small Council because the... <laughs> the, <small> <laughs> council <laughs> the <side>
0: <laughs> hey, Cersei doesn't trust a lot of people, okay? <laughs>
2: yeah, look, I think she's bringing a little finger back soon.
1: So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the High Septon is upset over his treatment by the sparrows and Kyburn uh, mentions that it happened in the brothel and Mace is shocked. Pysell defends, you know Well a man's private affairs this is his private affairs <laughs> <laughs> which I is <thought> hilarious. <laughs> uh, oh, Cersei Pys- wants Pys- to know Pys-
1: like why somebody think of the prostitute
0: <laughs> 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 Cersei wants to know what the high septon wants and he says justice and uh he wants uh them arrested and he wants that high sparrow executed. And then we get the next scene um, where Cersei goes into what I believe is Flea Bottom to make a visit to the High Sparrow. Um, Trant uh, says he doesn't like it. He's uh, going about with her. They go up cramped alleyways. It smells bad. We can hear flies buzzing and people are coughing. There's a ragged old dude dishing out soup and it turns out this is the High Sparrow. Cersei asks, why no shoes? And he says he gave them away to someone who needed them. And uh he assumes she's there to arrest him. She tells him the High Septon actually wants him dead. Cersei calls the actions of the High Septon corrosive. And she tells the High Sparrow that she had him locked up. And that the Faith and the Crown are the two pillars that hold up the world. And uh, we must do everything to protect one another. So...
2: Oh god, everything about these scenes is just juicy. I mean like, I love everything about it. Do you think the common show watcher is going to realize that Cersei's setting up her own demise? No but, no, but it'll be there in retrospect, yeah. so I don't yeah. think yeah. it matters. That's it, it's kind it, of
1: like the foundation for that, and it's that's like, yeah. yeah. it's such a classic Cersei move, isn't it? Chasing this half-baked plan without considering the consequences. Yeah, <laughs> like, her her lack like of foresight is really quite astonishing. Like, she can see how insanely devout this man is. Like, she saw what he did to the old High Septon, and she thinks that making this guy the new High Septon will lead to puppies yeah. and rainbows for her.
2: Like, that's like, well, Cersei. That's and- why I love it. <laughs> my favorite Cersei chapter is when she's on the way back from visiting him and like to back to the palace. and she's like, she's like, oh man, I wish my dad was here. He'd be so proud of me. Oh, I wish Tyrion could see me now. I wish Robert could see me now. Like oh, Cersei, God. you just signed your
3: death warrant. I love that they cast Jonathan Price. He is oh, so right. brilliant. The way he played that part, that sort of self-deprecating charm and it just this slight hint of, Oh, he's going to be awesome. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Everything about these scenes is incredibly entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's clear what's going on. I think this is just beautifully done. I mean, this is what we've been talking about with season five. I mean, you know, I, obviously I had a couple of quibbles with this episode, but my god, they're telling story on a level that I feel like they and just Lena never have before. Good. Like she just did oh. so long. Oh, I mean, Lena's always yeah. There. I mean, yeah. oh, this is just so good. <laughs>
0: Alright, let's go on to the next bit. Um, we're gonna go to Kybern's laboratory. He's killing mice and doing magic science. <laughs> Cersei asks him <laughs> to send lie. a message. <laughs> <laughs> Cersei asks him to send a message to Littlefinger. Um, she asks him how his work is coming along and he says very well. And then the body underneath the sheets start jumping about and Kyburn shushes <laughs> it, him. And I know you guys are probably gonna to to, like hate it. You know, I love the shit. I love this stuff. <laughs> well,
1: okay. What's interesting is something we've mentioned before with this, and that is in the book, Cersei is really hands off with what Carburn is doing. Yeah. So this is something that, you know, she kinda of turns a blind eye to in the books and it's interesting they're having her being a more active participant.
3: It's yeah. But it's stupid. It's stupid. She has right. a message she wants him to deliver <laughs> to Littlefinger. You have servants for that. You have guards for that. She no, doesn't she trust them. <laughs> yeah, she trusts doesn't trust I mean. <laughs> No, it's stupid. I'm sorry. No, nah, she <laughs> did,
1: she really grows to rely on Kyburn in the books. Like he is basically her yeah. her trusted advisor, so I don't I mean, But this
3: tough. is a woman who's probably never lifted a finger in her life and now she's tripsing around the castle to go visit Marjorie yeah. to go deliver I mean this is no, She was
2: all over
3: the place no, She was all over the <laughs> place but, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it offered the um, opportunity
2: for this great scene I mean, everything about oh, this man. is good well, I was scary You I like, was it? like it? Was I'm shocked it was yeah. Oh, I loved
3: it, <laughs> yeah. but I don't understand oh, yeah. why she was there I, I just don't yeah.
2: Oh god, it's so good. I, I cannot get over the fact that so many of these preseason reviews were like, oh, they're really dialing down how stupid Cersei is, and oh, they really god. are showing and, and, Oh off. my god. Like, are you joking? I mean, like, sure, they've had to, you know, streamline a bit and drop a few of the book things, but my god. Oh <laughs> I mean, like, god, this season Cersei is like a character study in Stupid. <laughs> it is, and Look like the George fact, does. And I meant to go into this with the Tom and Marjorie thing. The fact that Tommen and Marjorie have actually consummated their marriage and like mm. it is very real that, that Marjorie could have a bun in the oven very yeah. soon mm-hmm. and that yeah. Cersei is still pursuing this path of trying to hold on to power makes her look even stupider and I think a little worse to her kids because Tommen's yeah. clearly old enough to be taking the mm-hmm. reins a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's hilarious and fun and I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving every minute of
0: it. Great. Great, that's shocking to me. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna go to Winterfell. Um, Theon tries to avoid Sansa. Littlefinger and Ramsay share a pleasant conversation about her. Ramsay gives his word that he'll never hurt her. Littlefinger says he oh, heard little about Ramsay, which is rare for a lord. That part, oh, this part was so fucking dumb. <laughs> Ramsay tells yeah, Littlefinger so he was a bastard, and uh, Roose interrupts the conversation and he says, "But you aren't anymore." Ramsey leaves. Littlefinger assumes Roos, uh, assures Roos that Sansa and Tyrion never consummated. And then, uh, he invites Roos to inspect her. And I'm barfing. Littlefinger Aww. tells Roos he's yeah. delivered everything he's mm-hmm. promised. And, uh, he says, Lannister name doesn't mean what it once did. Um, now that Tywin is dead. Um, he says, Jamie's missing a hand, has no allies. Tolman is a soft boy king. Marjorie adores Sansa and is now queen, and Cersei's power wanes with each passing day. Rus gives Littlefinger the scroll from Cersei, and it's been opened and read. Rus wants to know why Littlefinger is gambling with his, you know, his new position. And, uh, you know, they have a bit of an exchange, and it just basically ends with Littlefinger wanting to reply to Cersei, and Rus wants to read yeah. what he's sending her.
2: I love how they know they've got such a massive motivation problem here that they're trying to address it and they're (laughs) trying to work around it, they're trying so failing. damn hard, it's, and it is failing. I just think the show highlights what I think George maybe wants to highlight, which is that Littlefinger is the worst player of the game. Like, I he mean, thinks he's, he's really good, but, like, you have <laughs> fucked yourself he's over. He's good at thing. tearing things down, but building things no, up, no. And, like, not. is there yeah. anything that Littlefinger has less understanding of than the, the North the North how North, oh, it works? Oh, God. No. Like, literally, <laughs> book-wise, can you oh. imagine... Sansa being like Queen of the North no oh god it would, it would never that, work but Sansa wouldn't want to be Queen of the North no, no she just doesn't want no. no. yeah she no. doesn't want that she yeah. just wants like, a quiet life and so it's like oh, the fact I, that, I that I that's Littlefinger's that... idea says so much about Littlefinger Littlefinger is dumb and then here when he admits he doesn't know anything about Ramsey the dude that he's getting yeah. married to
1: okay. that's Santa what I was from. gonna say I found that like, absolutely hilarious like they're obviously well, trying because... to explain away that oh well Littlefinger wouldn't leave her with Ramsey if he knew yeah, he was you know he loved flying people so he I'm just gonna have him say that he doesn't, he's,
3: he doesn't know anything about Ramsey, like what the? Uh, <laughs> because of, as supposedly we've established in the first season that these people have spies all over the place. So they're all calling her Sansa, so if they're trying to hide her, they're doing a, his poor job of it. No. <laughs> because supposedly the this- Queen has friends in the north and he has all these spies. In the books, we start hearing about Ramsey pretty early on and he's pretty, um he's not a quiet dude. There's yeah, the stuff he does yeah. with his he's first legendary. wife, that poor old lady, there's all this stuff, yeah. everybody knows that he's a, he's a piece of work. So oh, suddenly, yeah. Peter has no intel on this man whatsoever. There's that, well, he's I mean, like, about a, the, she didn't yeah. consummate the marriage, so, you know what, yeah. she's it's not married.
2: It's all incredible. Well, and from a, from a book perspective, I mean, wasn't, wasn't, uh, Bolton's actual heir um, fostered in the veil somewhere. Yes, yeaah. Domeric,
1: um, I mean, like, uh, whatever his name
2: is. Domeric. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. He totally heard of it. I mean, like, everything about this is it's just, dumb. like, it's eye-rolling well, for a book reader. It, a little it's painful. You're not knowing
3: is dumb. It makes him yeah. seem dumb. Well, even in a I show context. Even as a show context, fun. this makes no yeah. sense. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, alright, having said that, I enjoyed it tremendously. It totally what? fits I mean my too. head. I'll admit I'm not going to for, Peter, but, it's yeah. just like this no, is this is fan fiction weird. where the author has messed it up, and you're just trying yeah. to get past it really quickly.
2: Yeah. This is and what you're, this just to, it. you're just kind of enjoying the exchanges and, and going, "All right, whatever." I mean, like it is bizarrely enjoyable considering how utterly ridiculous it
1: is. I mean, I think part of that is seeing these actors mm. interact with each other, like seeing new characters yeah. interact with each other. Uh, yeah, I'm, I can't say that I'm not not yes. yes. couple.
2: Which is clearly how they cooked up this storyline. It was all yeah. about, wouldn't it be great if we could get these two together? And yeah, Dad,
1: wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be <laughs> great if we, <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Brienne fought the hounds? Oh, God.
3: Oh, God. <laughs> and it was. And you know, a ring in the season. Yeah, this is what oh, they were thinking.
0: Oh, God. All right, God. we we are like this is like a massive episode. We got to keep moving. Longest podcast ever. It seriously is. Okay, I'm doing a shit job as moderator of this one. Anyway, okay, so Varys and Tyrion arrive at Volantis. Um, Tyrion is sick of the wheelhouse and he can't remember the last uh, face yeah. he saw that wasn't Varus's. And I liked Varus's replies, like it's a perfectly good face. So Tyr- offended. <laughs> Tyrion knocks on the door for the wheelhouse to stop rolling. And we get this great intro to Volantis. I thought with the houses on yeah. the bridge, the crowded hey, what alleys.
1: Hey, what, was it you, Chickie, in the last episode where you were talking about how sort of um, vibrant and busy these scenes are in the Free Cities? Like, with Aria yes. and Bravos. Like, they're, they're doing such a spectacular job of bringing these places to life. Like, I've been mm-hmm. so impressed so far.
2: They're so full. The scenes yeah. feel full. And- and, it, and, it's, and they you, look great. it's something you would not realize, amazing. like watching scenes before this. But you know, like there's been some anemia, I think, in in scenes in past seasons, and you can feel the yeah. differences. So yeah, like I think ball. I think overall the production
1: value of the show has always been relatively good. Oh, but man, the oh, they yeah. have taken it to a, to the next level of this oh. season. Like, they gorgeous. have money to
0: spend. Yeah, I forget I forget what that bridge
2: is called that Ponte Vecchio type bridge yeah. in, in oh, Volantis but amazing. oh man the way that they portrayed that was so, so good yeah. it's wicked. just
1: really beautiful to look at and I actually find yeah. myself losing myself in the scenes like
2: it's just What's that Yeah, Yeah, because you weren't going to lose yourself in Tyrion. He's so
1: boring. (laughs) (laughs) Tyrion's not going to lose himself in anyone, either. at the moment. No,
0: let's get to that. So (laughs) We get to a scene uh, where uh, Avaris and Tyrion are observing a red priestess as she's speaking to a crowd of slaves and uh, Tyrion stops to watch. We get a mention of Grayscale and the Dragon Queen. Tyrion makes a quip that, oh, we're going to uh, meet the Savior. Who doesn't want to meet the Savior? And then they get this part where the red priestess pauses and she looks directly at Tyrion, and uh, this makes Tyrion want to move on. He says, let's go find a brothel. And at the entrance of the brothel we have a bouncer who pats Tyrion on the head and says it's good luck to rub a dwarf's head (laughs) he replies it's even better to suck a dwarf's cock (laughs) Uh, Tyrion and Varys grab a drink inside Um, there is a very popular whore dressed as Daenerys and uh, which pains poor Jorah Mormont who's in the brothel too so here we get some more oh my god these characters are meeting up uh, Tyrion leaves Varys to chat up a prostitute. He uh, charms her, and uh, she agrees to give him a go. Tyrion just can't do it. Uh, he goes for a piss, and in the middle of it, he's grabbed by Jorah, who binds and uh, gags him, and then tells him he's taking him to see the queen. Okay,
2: so okay, first okay, uh,
1: so
2: uh, oh, time... Oh, you got Chicky. Go. Go, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say I gotta back you up a little bit and say, did we all notice how hard they hit the grayscale again this episode? Oh, yes. oh yes. 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 It's really, yeah, grayscale is really, really yeah. yeah. When when the Red Priestess is is talking to the people, Tyrion and Varys have this exchange about grayscale, and it's like, yeah. and they even mentioned the Stonemen, which I think they mm-hmm. mentioned right. last episode yeah. too. Yep. So clearly we're hitting grayscale pretty hard. Do you think George is going to hit grayscale pretty hard? Well, George is clearly creating John a huge Connington grayscale. Already, George is already hitting yeah. grayscale, yeah. We're going to have an outbreak back. in Westeros. But oh, my thing is, what are they going to do with it on the show? I read a theory about Jorah possibly being the John Connington who gets oh, grayscale wow. this season. Oh, which I was like, oh my yeah. god. Good page. Oh, I could I mean, see that. that. I don't know, we, we had that set picture of him really close to Daenerys. So oh. I don't, later in, in, Dasmec's Pit, so I don't know if it, for sure, but it is an interesting idea. Mm. Jora would be a good person. Clearly they're doing role. something with yeah. it, it's just why a question out, of Why else what? talk about yeah. it so much? So Sorry, but we can get back to the... Speaking of Jora,
1: I love that they kept in the Danny prostitute look-alike. <laughs> look- <laughs> yeah. I was a so disappointed not to see her sitting on Jorah's lap. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting what they did with Tyrion in the scene. Ugh. Look, it's clearly exactly. a little bit more whitewashing because...
2: So much whitewashing. Like, honestly,
1: it? honestly, I was pretty glad I didn't have to see him drunkenly raping a broken sex slave. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, so, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take that, honestly. It's so
3: hard to watch. Peter yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's Jinklage's yeah, yeah. just sucking this season. I mean, oh. I hate
0: it. <laughs> but he doesn't I have really...
3: anything perfect. Yeah. He's just very just, like, but it's just, just so... so like, yeah. I just wanted to hit him while he was going. I mean, he's like the worst traveling companion ever (laughs) they're in this like wheelhouse that is like the size of my bedroom i mean i'm thinking of the road trips we've taken where there have been like three kids in the back seat and we managed to go (laughs) and (laughs) he's he's got like it's like professionally decorated and he's bitching and moaning and complaining (laughs) and it's just just just, like oh my god shut the hell i
2: mean like this is such a canon thing though yeah. to yeah. capture the tediousness so of Tyrion yeah. at this point. I mean mm-hmm. like I feel like this is accurate. this is canon Tyrion. Yeah, either. this is it's canon Tyrion without any... edges. You know what you I'm know, actually
1: but... a big fan of with what they're doing that I'm a big fan of how they've streamlined Tyrion's book story. Like rather having to watch him aimlessly wander around the place, they've set him on a really direct path to Danny. I'm actually yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm actually a really huge fan of how they've been adapting the book stuff this season. Well, most of it, at
2: oh, least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. This is the adaptation of Tyrion's story that I want to see, and even yeah. still, it's a little tedious. It's mm-hmm. so funny, my husband is like so
0: bored with Tyrion, like even after this episode, he's like, <laughs> That's good, he oh, should I'll be. <laughs> That's Book Tyrion. He's a pain so in the bad. ass at this point. <laughs> but wait, do we know that they
2: cut Penny? Do I not have to live no, through that? No, she's thing? cut.
0: Oh, okay, thank God.
3: I can't cut.
2: live through that storyline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, well, that that brings us to the end. This is, like, Three insane. hours later. She <laughs> was a
2: three-hour
1: tour. Three wait for, just, uh, wait We're not done.
0: We still, we still got a bit to go through. <laughs> Thank yous for one. I think Whitey, you have those for us. I do, I do.
1: Um, so we have one from Tumblr from the lovely Garland Subterfuge. Um, she said, great podcast this week. I hadn't thought about Cersei setting up the threat to Marcella to manipulate Jamie, but I think you might be onto something. Even if she didn't send the message herself, she certainly milked the situation for all it was worth. Also, I don't know if you guys caught it, but it looks like Littlefinger removed a hair from his food. I think they had <laughs> our favorite in. <laughs> God, <laughs> I was going yeah. th- to say, though, that theory
0: off. with the, sa- snake, uh, neckla- uh, the snake and the necklace, so that caught some traction, too, didn't it, on uh, Reddit?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. We found a thread later on on Reddit about, about that theory. Did you guys start a theory? I was mindful? <laughs> oh, of all the crazy things. It's so funny because Cersei I'm- sent it to herself to manipulate Jamie. I- I mean like I feel like I've given the show too much credit. You're it's so funny that anyone way, else believes that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, be,
1: I'll be incredibly credit. disappointed if that isn't what the writers are doing. Like it, to me it just so makes so it makes all the sense in the world. And whilst it still doesn't put Jamie in the best light because you know he's still being stupid running off to Dawn, yeah. it is entirely in character for Cersei and it would provide the perfect trigger for Jamie's rejection of her later in the season. Um So yeah, I'll be really, really disappointed if that's not what the writer's doing. Anyway, sorry, I'll move on. So, um, <laughs> we got an thanks, And <laughs> not yeah, thank you, Gail. We got an anonymous message um on Tumblr as well that says, "Hey guys, I love the podcast like mad. You are all amazing." I did want to ask why um, season five episode two uh, sounded different to most others. Basically, one <laughs> voice is in one earbud and the rest in the other. <laughs> it kind of made listening to the podcast strange. And in the end, I ended up listening to the rest on speakerphone on quiet under the covers. <laughs> keep up the good work. Well, I love guys. everything
2: about that visual. So
1: keep up the good work, guys. Lots
2: of love from Northern Europe. Um, yeah, we just. Yeah, my, my voice track was separated. That was me who was in your other ear. Chicky. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Um, one
1: more from Tumblr, from uh, the lovely Spick and Span 89 She says, Hi, ladies. Thanks for another great podcast. Season five has been great so far. A girl is most pleased that Jack and Hagar has returned to <laughs> his original face. Yeah. Span, <laughs> as are we
2: all.
1: As are we Uh Not sure if this is confirmation of the fan theory that the kindly man is Jacket in disguise or just D&D consolidating storylines. Either way, we all benefit from the end result, we should, sure do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, She says, I also wanted to add something I noticed in the premiere. During the shot of Cersei walking up the stairs into the Sept of Baelor, I had a really strong feeling that this is an exact mirror of how things will go down in her walk of shame. Maybe this was partly the large glass of wine I had while I was watching. Anyway... (laughs) it be interesting to see if this comes to pass. Thanks
2: again. Make sure you get a bottle for the walk of oh shame. Oh my That's god, you're going to need fast it. Tom, <laughs> fast pour, tom tom pour it water.
3: directly into your <laughs> eyeballs. Directly
2: into your veins. All right, so
1: that was uh, Tom Law. We also received a really lovely email from Clifford, who says, "Hello, ladies. This email is a thank you with a sort of question snuck in towards the end. Just wanted to start off. I really enjoy your podcast." I am a fan of the books and show and I am always hungry for a song of Ice and Fire content. I even read most of that encyclopedia that
0: came out last October. Oh. <laughs> I fucking bought that thing and haven't read it. I feel your pain, Cliff.
1: I hear it makes me happen. <laughs> anyway, unfortunately this hunger led me down the rabbit hole of Game of Thrones podcasts. I listened to a good handful <laughs> of the I listened to a good handful of the pods listed. Some were okay, others not so much. I don't know if it was all your squawking, (laughs) Uh, but I have been a devout listener. (laughs) I've been a devout listener for about a year. I sincerely want to thank you all for your hard work and thank you for being as knowledgeable as you all are. The passion really shows through and sets you apart. Listening each week really oh. is a joy. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Damn, that was a good one.
1: Thank, nice. thank you. Thank you, Clifford. Damn. Clifford also left um a question, but we will address that I'm sure in a future episode. Yeah, so I yes, thank you so much, Clifford, off.
2: for that. That was really a lovely. a non three hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'd like to know, Cliff? Clifford's-
1: Cliff, we will address in part two of this podcast, yeah. which is coming soon. I'm going to cut this one in
2: half.
0: I, I want to know, though, how Cliff found us. So if you can email us back, let me know how you found us. All right, go on. That was it. That's all. Oh. Good. Okay, so thank you uh for that, Whitey. Uh let's see. If you want to send us a message, you can at door and at gmail.com. You can also find us at door and, and you can follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Um please like and review us on iTunes. You can even ask questions there if you want. Um also I wanted to mention that we have started up a Patreon account. So if you so feel uh if you feel so inclined, throw us a dollar. Or two, or three, or four, or five? Or five hundred. A hundred. One million dollars. <laughs> I mean, like, you've been getting this high-quality entertainment for free. Come on, throw us a little money. <laughs> um, so anyway, We're you can find that... i at-
2: desperate for decent headsets, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've heard the quality. Come on. You want this to sound better? Throw us some money. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and you can do that at patreon.com, and it's backslash close the door. And, uh, not shut the door, <laughs> which was on the Reddit thread. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's it. Uh, thank you, panel. Wow. And thank uh, you, Jen. Yeah,
2: well, we survived, right? <laughs> yeah, we did hot damn! Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks
1: for joining
2: us. Anytime.
3: Bye, everyone. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.